This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. to connect with Community Waikato on Free FM 89.0. I'm Holly from Community Waikato and I have with me on the phone today Kate from Orange Sky. How are you Kate? Kia ora, I'm good thanks. How are you Holly? I am very, very well and I'm thrilled we finally got a chance to, to catch up because Orange Sky does some pretty amazing work. You can't necessarily tell what you guys do from the name so I wanted people to really get to know who you are as an organisation. So thanks for joining me. First of all, what does Orange Sky do? So Orange Sky primarily is here to provide um, free laundry and shower services to people who are experiencing homelessness and hardship. So what that means is um, you may have seen around Hamilton, around Kirikirara, an orange van. And inside that orange van, if you opened it up, there's a washing machine, dryers and a shower at the back. And those services are available to people, anyone who needs them in the community. Um, we find that we work a lot with people experiencing homelessness, but also those who are just struggling to make ends meet. Um, so that's what we're there to do. And um, that's a free service. And we've got those services all around Altera, um and obviously one right where you are. Can you tell me how you guys even started? Like, where did this idea come from? It's the Australians, actually. Um, uh-huh. We always say that we stole we, an idea from them for a change. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My colleague Eddie used to say that, and he said it better than me. But um, yeah, so we fuck up back to Australia, and it was started by Lucas and Nick, and they were only 20 at the time when they started Orange Sky, and I didn't don't think they ever really expected it to grow to what it became. But they literally kind of bought a van with their own finances and they thought had a crazy idea that what they needed to do was put some washing machines and dryers in the back of this van and support people who were homeless with clean laundry. So they saw that there was perhaps plenty of services um, available in terms of getting food or um, other types of support, but they were like, where do people do their laundry? Yeah. And um, they'd seen that when they were at school. They'd done a, um, their school had done a, uh, had a van that would go off and do a food service. So they got introduced to that and they kind of came up with the idea a couple of years later about how can we how can we support this. So they definitely had a few iterations. They definitely had a few broken uh, washing machines and dryers. Yeah. Um, they got through a whole heat before they were able to get the prototype work. And they tell a great story. And um, one of the things that they tell uh, when they talk about this early experience is that you know, after trying many times to, to get some washing done, um, they met Jordan, who was the first person ever to put washing in one of the Orange Sky vans. Mm. And, um, you know, Jordan, this is his only possessions, and um, he trusted them to take them and, and, you know, put them in the back of a van, which yeah. is not what you would have expected. Um, but whilst they put the washing on, they were a bit like, well, what do we do now? And they realized they just sat down and had a chat with Jordan. And so... That was really where the magic started to begin, in that they realized that, that, you know, of course, we all need clean clothes. We all need a a clean shower. And bear in mind, this fan didn't have a shower at the time. Mm. This was a later iteration of Orange Sky. But we all needed clean clothes. But when they talked to Jordan, they realized that, you know, he had lived where they lived. He'd gone to the same university, but he had just fallen on hard times. And so things for him had taken a different turn. Mm. And they found that by sitting down and having a chat with Jordan. And so... They realized that the, there was an importance of pulling up a chair 
um, and whilst washing's being done, to sit down and just connect. And that's where the model came from of, um, you know, not just washing and laundry, but also, you know, a chance to just have a non-judgmental conversation, mm. a bit of korero, um where it's needed if those people want to connect. And that's what our volunteers do on top of the washing. If people want to chat, we're there to chat. So it's a nice starting story, and yeah. the guys tell it really well. They tell it better than I can. So, yeah, <laughs> no, it, it, is really a, it is a beautiful story, and, and it's amazing that people so young were able to pull this together and, and get it off the ground. Where did they come up with the Orange Sky, the name? Do you know the history of the name? I do, yeah. It's actually one of the most common questions we get asked, which is kind of good in a way, right? I mean, mm. you know, it opens conversations and opens doors, but... Orange Sky is a song that they really like by a UK artist, and it talks about sitting under the orange skies and caring for each other and our brothers and sisters. And they really felt that that kind of symbolised what we were there to do. Mm. So, um, it, and also, orange just happens to be quite a great colour in terms of uh, we were really lucky in that those vans driving around they're orange. There's not many orange things yeah. out there, so uh, that was a serendipitous part of it, I think. But um, yeah, so it was all related to this story about how we're, we're all one and we're all part of the same community. No, that, that's beautiful. And I, I tell you what, speaking of beautiful, the, the vans are actually stunning. I, I had the opportunity to have a look in one of them down at the Glenview Community Centre when you were launching. I think it was during the launch here. And just amazing the quality that you have in there and how well it has been outfitted to fit the shower and it looks really comfortable. Like, you know, it doesn't feel squeezed, eh? No, I think that's one thing people are most surprised about is the shower. I get that every time, you know, yeah. when you um, introduce someone new to the van and, and I think you you think it's going to be like a little caravan shower, but you go around the back and it's a fully, you know, fully equipped stand-up roomy, roomy shower and... Um, yeah, everything's provided there. So there's, you know, a dispenser with, um, you know, shower gel and body wash and things like that and towels and robes and anything people might need um, whilst they're, you know, having a shower, doing their laundry. And uh, we were really lucky that the um, the van's called Dan, by the way. The, the, the Dan the van after nice. the D.V. Bryan Trust who helped us to fund that van in, in Kirikiridoa. Yeah. But um, Dan was um, the first van in New Zealand that we had that was solar battery powered. So the rest of our vans were diesel powered. Um, There was a big generator in the center of the van. Um, But Dan was the first one that we got over here that we'd changed to a new model. Uh, We'd kind of innovated to go solar battery for a few different reasons, but one of the the main ones was reliability, making sure we could be there when we say we're going to be there. Because diesel generators are great, but they, they do have their issues. Um, so it was really great for us to see how this snazzy, you know, looking van for, for, for Hamilton. Um, we're lucky now that we've actually literally just last week finished um, moving all vans over to solar battery. So we're all oh, solar battery wow. now, um, which is incredible. But Dan, yeah, in, was the first one of that. So we, um, our Hamilton community got to test a trial that here in New Zealand. So yeah, yeah that's we, fantastic. We launched, um, <laughs> We launched in November last year, and that might have been when we first met you. It was, yeah. it was, and it, it was a great, an absolutely fantastic event. Great turnout, but really good to have the opportunity to, to look through. And since then, I've seen you guys parked up a few times. So I, I live out Hamilton South and often drive past Beta, where um, I've seen you parked up there a few times. So can you tell me a little bit about where in Hamilton you guys um, put the van and, and how you make some of those decisions? Yeah, absolutely. So when we launched, um, we launched at um, various different places around the city and we do a lot with the community houses um, and 
that was a really good introduction to Hamilton and where you know people might be um, coming together, where there might be numbers of people coming together. And what we do in those first kind of six months and or more is we're testing you know, which locations, which time, which place is mm. going to get the most impact in terms of, you know, are there enough people coming? Do we have enough volunteers that can cover it at that time? So one thing I didn't mention, actually, which I'll mention now, is when you see that van there parked up, it's run by volunteers. Mm. So that's not Orange Sky. We have Orange Sky paid staff in the background to make sure that our business runs um, and operations run. But that day-to-day when you're seeing that van with the you know, washers spinning and the tumble dryers tumbling, that's volunteers there. So there's a few crucial elements to make a what we call a shift, which is when the van's operating um, successful. It needs to be in a place that's accessible enough. It needs to have enough people that are turning up, and it needs to have volunteers that are available. Mm. So when we first launched, we had you know a number of different shifts, and then what we do is some of those continue and stay active, and some of them might be retired. And they might be retired because we didn't have, you know, not many people were coming or it might be retired in that we just can't get the volunteers for that particular time of shift. Mm. So we, we, you know, we shift around. Um, so we've got six running a week at the moment um, across um, across Hamilton and we've got two that we'd really like to start um, where we've got a couple of service providers. So these are community organisations offering other services that we partner with. Yes. We've got two new ones that we'd like to start but we get this chicken and egg moment where we need the volunteers to start the shift and we need the shift to get the volunteers. So we're in that moment. So we'll talk about volunteers in a bit, but um, we've got, that will take us to eight a week if we can get the volunteers to to launch those two new ones. So how long is Um, the shift? Yeah, about two hours. Mm. So um, we wait, the way we work with volunteers is we have some volunteers that we, we ask, for people to um, give us a minimum of a six-month commitment, if we can, yeah. if they can, and a minimum of once a fortnight um, for volunteering. We try to make it as easy as possible. We do all our volunteering via online app, so people can say, I'm I'm free this week, or unfortunately I'm not free this week, and then yeah. we can make sure we've got enough people to run. Um, so we try to keep it um, simple and digital. Um, but... Um, it takes the shifts are about two hours, um, but obviously there's obviously time to just get there and set up and yeah. pack down as well. But um, we find that's normally about the right uh, length of time to get those washing and showers done. Um, we also have a couple of volunteers. You know, we need people who've got um, skills in the vehicle, so we have vehicle um, volunteers. Those that help us make sure that that vehicle, you know, it's, it's still a technical issue. Um, mm. You know, as with all kind of um, you know things that are, ma- are operated like that there can always be um, little issues uh, like there is with any car or vehicle so we have vehicle volunteers and we also have a great community education coordinator who's out there trying to spread the word mm. and they're really fantastic so there's different roles um, that you can do um, and yeah always looking for people um, particularly at the moment um, to come and have so two hours um, open for free to people come along do their washing take a seat sit with us have a chat and yeah, mm. take a shower if they need. So can you tell me about what sort of skills do you look for in your volunteers? Just people who are, you know, have an empathetic connection and um, are there to be able to be non-judgmental but, you know, caring. Um, everything to do with the van itself we can teach. 
Mm. Um, you know, and there's it's pretty easy. It's a couple of buttons. Um, but to someone who's um, just likes to interact and is happy to just um, offer an empathetic ear, we don't expect you to be trained in any particular, um, you know, form of counselling. You're not there to try and solve someone's problems. Um, mm. You're really just there to open, have an open um, chat about anything. Um, it doesn't have to yeah. be delving into anything in someone's life. It can just be checking in how they're having a good day or not. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just someone who's willing to have the time to sit down, who understands the community and um, mm. is able to just offer, you know, a bit of support, really. Um, you know, how many people do you have at one time volunteering? Is it a single person who runs it or do you have people go out in pairs or...? Oh, yeah. On a shift, we like to have a minimum of three. Yeah. Um, yeah, and obviously we like to partner always with another provider, another yes. community organisation. So we don't just kind of park up on the street. And we just do that to make sure that everyone's comfortable, everything's safe, and that there's enough people to be around to make sure we can get things done. Yeah. So we tend to go out with um, at least three people on a shift, yeah. So that means we need a pool of volunteers, yes. you can imagine. So yeah. Uh, if there's three per shift, then obviously we need to make sure not everyone can be available at the time, so we need to make sure we've got yeah. a nice pool of trained people in case someone can't make it that week or, you know, just make sure we've got enough to cover everything that we need to cover. Do you find um, people like to volunteer in their own communities or do you find people cross go across town to, to volunteer in a different sort of space? That's a good question. Um, I'm not sure I have the answer to that so much Holly um, what I do know is that we have found that you know people have why the reason why we're looking for more volunteers at the moment is we have found that some of our volunteers have had to go back to some paid work oh, or yes. um, mm. they might have we sometimes get students and they might have suddenly been a bit overwhelmed with, with their um, studying um, and you know we have to take that into consideration that we've got spots around the city that are easily accessible, not just for our friends to come and use the service, but mm. for volunteers to get there too. Um, so yeah, different range. And I mean, I've met volunteers of all ages and all walks of life. And some people might have had experiences themselves. Some people have never experienced anything like that. And yeah, really, really different, different group. Um, but I know just generally, you know, people like to give back to their own local community, which is why we always get you know good responses from you know um, within Hamilton people wanting to help others in Hamilton mm. that they might see around or might realize that they've got some spare time to help someone who might be a bit less fortunate than they are yeah yeah I can imagine um, it's a wonderful way to connect with your community and not just the people accessing the services but also you know when you're connected to a community organization it gives you you know some new relationships in that space as well Oh, yeah. I mean, one of the things that we, um, you know, when we look at, you know, what the outcomes are of doing this sort of work, right? So it's like, of course, you know, we might count the number of washes we've done or the number of showers or the number of hours of conversation that we have. But really, it's about that quality of life or that isolation or helping to tackle those things that make people feel disconnected. Mm. And that can be just as true for our volunteers as it is for the friends who use our service. So, you know, volunteers are, are there, they, they form a community, they, they're in a team, they get to know other people in the community, and so they, you know, get a lot out of volunteering in terms of 
um, for themselves as well as for what they might be able to give to others. So a lot of people say that they, you know, they find it a really good way to connect and, and themselves and feel part of something. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. It's you know, it's one of those things. You know, when I think about it, and I remember when I was walking, you know, through the, we're looking through the, um, the vans. I was thinking about just how, how much this is about um, dignity for people. Being clean, you know, it feels really different when you're when you're it can be fresh and clean, you know. Um, and I imagine you get feedback from the people that use the services about that kind of thing. Yeah, it's true. Um... I think it's just one of those simple, basic human elements, you know, that we get up in the morning, we don't think twice about, you know, grabbing, going for a shower, grabbing a T-shirt, blah, blah. But I don't think you can imagine what that must be like, yeah. not being able to do that, um, or not being able to know where you can go and do that. Mm. Um, I mean, we've talked to, you know, many friends over the time. It's just something so simple that means some so much and um, just to be able to step out and feel that you are clean that you can therefore go and interact in your day with others or do the things yeah. that you want to do or need to do without worrying about you know dirty clothes or you know not having had a shower yeah you can go to appointments and you can go to medical care other types of care that you might need access other services because you've got this basic covered yeah, um, yeah. But it is quite simple, but it is really the human need of all of us to have that. Um, so it's, you know, it's right down there in providing mana, you know. Dignity, yes, yeah. Um, giving, giving, you know, having someone feel that they can, you know, that they've got that ability to just mm, take that self-care. Mm. How long is your shower, like? Is it is it like on a is it, you know how you get when you're in a um, a camping ground you get three or four minutes and then it goes cold have you got a have you got a limit? No, there's no limit. Though I think most people are pretty aware that there's probably someone waiting to have a shower after them. Uh, so uh, yeah, we we try not to put too many limits on it, but it's certainly yeah. not going to cut you off cold halfway through. Well, that's that's certainly yeah. good because it can be yeah, quite a yeah, shock. Yeah. <laughs> so how much <laughs> how much like water can you guys carry? Because of course you're not pulling up somewhere and then tapping into the water system are you you're you're carrying the water we can do both actually ah. um so if there is water and waste available and that's been you know uh, approved with the um, partner that we're with so we will just plug in and um, use that fresh water and and uh, put the gray water where it's um, supposed to go um, just the only reason for that really is because it just makes it easier for volunteers um, in that they don't have to worry about refilling or unfilling at the end of the shift. But if we're with a partner who doesn't have that available, then we can um, do that directly off the tanks in the back of the van. So there's a lot of hidden tanks around the back um, mm. that you can't see. And that's where that kind of two-hour shift comes from as well. So that's probably, we can, depending on how many washes and showers we do, two to three hours is probably our max if we're not plugged in. Yeah. Um, so that's that's kind of where that that time frame came from as well. Yeah, because then you'd have to carry the wastewater somewhere, would you? Yeah. So we have a base where we obviously the van lives, and that's got access to wastewater if we need to um, then offload that. Yeah. Area. And obviously, there's, yeah. there are obviously um, official places to offload grey water around town as well. So you said you've got um, two new areas you're looking for um, volunteers. Are you able to share those, or is that, is that something you share once you've um, filled the gaps? It tends to be something that we share once we've filled the gaps, but what we were looking for is um, 
one of them in particular is on a on a Sunday. So, oh, um, yeah. What we're trying to do is make sure that we've got, you know, um, not just Monday to Friday within working hours, you know, or that there's other times, you know, so that means that we can broaden out to volunteers um, and there might be people that are willing to help, but actually they're working and they could only do it on a Sunday. Yeah. And it might be other, other people that use the service as well, that they... You know, a weekend service is something that we want. So, um, yeah, if if you are interested or listeners are interested in volunteering, um, those two new shifts are one of them is on the weekends very specifically, and that's what we would like to cover. And so, how, as soon as we get enough people, we can let you know where they are. But they're both um, city. And and how would people contact you to have a conversation about that? Yes, we've got a website, orangesky.org.nz. And on that website, you'll see volunteer at the top there, and then click on that, and there's a kind of a, a form with an expression of interest to say that I'm interested. And then what happens is we, we get back to you um, and take you through the kind of process of um, signing up and doing a bit of online training, um, and then seeing if there's a shift that you are free to attend. I think, yeah, I mean, that just sounds marvellous. Uh, can you tell me, like, how many people tend to use um, the service in, in a two-hour? Like, are you, is it one or two people? Is it five? Like, or does it vary a lot? It really varies. Um, it varies not just on the shift and on the day of the week, but on the week. Um, mm. We tend to kind of put an average around kind of like, you know, five or six washes, but sometimes it can be quiet. Um, you know, if, if people have been to a service the day before or, or something else has happened. Mm. But we probably can manage around about six washes and about, you know, four showers on a on a shift. Sometimes the showers can be more. So sometimes we can have a shift with all showers and mm. no one's any washing or vice versa. Um, but, yeah, we, we kind of – I had a little look, um, Holly, before I – jumped on this call I was like well how many washes have we done in New Zealand since we started in 2018 and we've done 16,000 so wow. we've done 16,000 loads of laundry and about nine nearly 9,000 showers and about 25,000 hours of conversation between our volunteers and friends who use the service so um, if that's an indicator that's kind of where we're sitting in terms of those sort of um, outcomes for people. I mean, that is a lot, isn't it? You know, and it makes you think, do you think, you know, because 2018, you guys have gone through COVID here as well. Yeah. And, and the increasing cost of living and all of those things we're talking about. Do you, do you think, are you seeing more need um, as a service provider? Yeah, I think that cost of living is a really important um element to this and understanding that not everyone who uses our service um, is you know street sleeping or um, sleeping rough there are people who are struggling to make ends meet and mm. I've been out and shift across you know Christchurch Auckland Wellington and Hamilton and seen the range of people that come mm. um, and there are certainly people that I think are probably working but really struggling yeah um, and I think we all feel the tightness of the cost of living, but I think it's those most vulnerable people in our community that hit the hardest. Yeah. And you know, if it's if if everyone you know if we're feeling it, then you know how isn't somebody else feeling it who might already have been struggling to make ends meet and now you know going for a sh- shopping for food, using a laundrette. I mean, mm. laundromat they are expensive items. So if we can help just to alleviate that 
then that means that there's you know more food on the table or um, you know other things that need to be looked after. So yeah. it's a small piece in the puzzle. I mean, we know we had the census recently this year, and we know we'll get the results of that soonish, I guess, early next year. And the last census, which was 2018, had about 41 and a half thousand people experiencing homelessness around Aotearoa. Wow! And I think we're safe to say, post COVID, post cost of living, we'd probably expect that to rise. Mm. I, I, you know, we'd hope that it hadn't, but you know, going in the other direction, but. I think we'd be surprised if it did. I think we'd be less surprised if it's gone up, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's a small piece in the puzzle, but that service is available yeah, to anyone a, who's struggling. It's a pretty important piece. I was just thinking, and I, I don't know how well equipped they are, but, you know, we've also seen a massive, pe- a lot of people entering emergency accommodation, largely facilitated through COVID. Um, in motel or hotel rooms, and I imagine not all of them have um, really access to um, laundromats, you know, cheap, affordable, free, Um, but also, you know, um, people having the power turned off. It only takes a week or two, and, you know, everything like that would just get on top, eh, in in terms of clean clothes, and, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, again, you know, um, I'm just talking perhaps more Wellington now over Hamilton but you know we might have a city centre shift that might have people who are more kind of street sleeping but then you might have a shift that's in one of the suburbs and those people might have a home but they just can't afford it or they don't have a a working washing machine yeah or like say they can't afford the power yeah or the you know the cost that it's going to cost to run so there's various people that use the service and it's the same with you know food banks not everyone there is uh, homeless some people are just just need that extra support and those that's why we we tend to sometimes partner with a lot of the food services because you know it's an easy one to partner with you can grab your food and get your washing done at the same time if you need those services is it a no questions asked type of service you don't have to prove a need yeah it is a no questions asked service holly it's uh it's we know that if someone's really needing to use it then they they probably do yeah Um, yeah (laughs) really most of the people that we meet pretty obvious that this is something that really helps. I just think it's such a marvellous idea and really appreciate that you guys have bought it to Kirikiriroa. I think that we're really fortunate and uh, it is good to have seen you guys out and about. We're at the end of our time now, so thanks for coming Mm. and joining me in a conversation. And I do want to just put it out there again to people who are thinking about wanting to volunteer some time. I mean, this is just such a good cause. So jump online, orangesky.org.nz, check out the volunteering form and yeah put your name forward thanks kate for joining me in a conversation and thanks for all the work you do thank you it was a pleasure to chat with you and i was just reflecting then holly when i came to hamilton the first time before we had a service and then when we had i came back a couple of times and then when we had our launch there was one thing that struck me about kirikiriroa and it was that sense of community i hadn't felt it as much in some of the other places where we were there's that slightly, you know, you're slightly smaller. There's people that are connecting. People are working together. There's collaboration. And we felt really welcomed into the community as a new service. And we still feel welcome. And, you know, we're still new. So that helping to spread the word through things like this just shows how much your community cares. Yeah. And uh, we're really proud to be part of it. So, oh, thank you. That's us for another week. You've been listening to Connect with Community Waikato, 3FM 89.0.
For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.